Liam Williams did his best. He plundered forward for 12 rounds, but in the end, he could not make much of a dent on Demetrius Andrade, who retains his WBO middleweight world title. This is After the Bell Mirror Fighting's boxing show. With me, Martin Dorman, with Barry Jones, who has told us 23 times already that there are still only 12 Welsh world champions. And with Declan Jones, boxing journalist, who has had a beautiful night's sleep, I believe, and he is the only one of us. So I'm expecting <laughs> insight from England's finest. As I mentioned, Andre did indeed retain his title. A unanimous points win, 118, 109 twice, 116, 111. But I, Demetrius Andre, it feels like you could probably have a similar conversation after every one of his fights. He started pretty well, uh, then seemed to fade a little bit. The Williams did have his moments. But in the end, I'm just left wondering, well, we know he's good, but how good is he? Is he... It's almost like, you know, it, uh, the fighters who say, like Billy Joe Saunders, oh, I just need a test. How good do we think Demetrius Andre really is? I, I think he's extremely talented. And, you know, I, I was talking to Sean Porter, the former welterweight champion of the world, um, only last week. And he was pretty much saying, you know, from the amateur days, even before he won the World the world Amateur Championships in Chicago in 2007, like he was, he was the star of the US team. He was going to be the one who, who you know, who was going to set the world alight. Who was going to win the Olympics in two thousand eight and go on to be the big name out of all the Americans of, of that of that cycle. And even though he's been successful, he's won world, he won the world amateur championships. He, yeah, he flopped in the Olympics, and then went on to have a successful two weight world champion as, as a professional. He still hasn't really set the world alight. And I, I just think he's talented, and I know, and he was the better fighter by far. Um, last night, and he really was. But he's one of those guys who just likes to do enough. And I also think that he doesn't have twelve good rounds in him. He, you know, it, it was flashes of brilliance, and he's awkward. And I, I think with him, why why he's sort of deceivingly good is he's six foot, but he gets down to like about five foot seven. In, in he bends the legs, gets really low, leans back right over that back foot, has a massive long wingspan. So we got a huge reach. And he just sits on that back foot and he and leans back really low, makes himself a small target, and he's difficult to hit clean. Even when you hit him, he's half rides the shot, takes a sting out your punches, and he frustrates his opponent. But he takes massive gaps off. And I tend to feel that if he were in with a even these even the slower Golovkin of today, or one of the or, or Charlo, then he wouldn't get away with that. That's the sort of feeling I have. So for me, I think he needs to move up in weight. I don't think they're like no when he was like middle super welted and and go too big for the weight and that was clear, and now at middleweight I still think he's too big for the weight. I think if he moves up he gets more energy. All he lacks is that conditioning to go twelve hard rounds, because even though the the fight the rounds were competitive and, and and Williams tried to push him, he never really except for that one time when he got caught with a good shot never ever really looked in trouble for me. So Williams was down in the second round. He had. I think the fourth round uh, was probably, from what I remember, his best of the early rounds. And then he had a little bit of a, uh, a flurry at the end. Uh, but Declan, overall, let's let's look at Liam Williams. Were you, were you disappointed with his, his performance? Or is it simply a case of he was only able to do what he was able to, allowed to do? 
Yeah, I think that you, you've got to kind of look at the fight in two two halves or different sections. And that's basically down to Andre, who clearly starts fast all the time. I remember I was in the um, the Boston fight. I was supposed to be going covering Saunders against Andre, and that got called off. And he boxed um, Walter Court and Docker, and he did the same thing, put him down early. I mean, he knocked out Luke Keeler early, and it's one of them where if he doesn't knock you out, then he just does. It's about as, as Andre as Andre gets last night. So what that meant is that Liam Williams was really up against it in the early stages, looked like he was chasing shadows. To be fair, he was. And then he got a hold of it. To be fair, he stuck in there because that was, a, you know, he got really, there was a great shot that put him down and he was getting hit with, I mean, countless uppercuts. And at times when you're a pressure fighter, or at least when you're put, the one putting the pressure on in the fight, then the uppercut is obviously there for you constantly, constantly, constantly. And because of that southpaw, orthodox matchup and like Barry said because of that low sort of low target and long reach Williams was just reaching constantly overreaching even just with the jab and so not only is he missing with the jab then he's also open for shots to rally in the way that he did and whether that's down to him you know putting the pressure on more or finding another gear or whether it was simply down to Andre fading it's it's sort of a bit of both really but for me, and I put, I tweeted it yesterday, I, I couldn't see anything but Andre UD yesterday because Williams is tough that he's not going to get stopped. But I didn't think he was cute enough or clever enough to to win a fight like that against such a slippery guy who, to be honest, once he knows he's won the fight, he, done, he wouldn't take any risks. He was looking for the odd pot shot and then just moving around and stuff like that and doing enough to win the round. So... I don't know. I think credit's got to go to Williams, but style-wise, it was never a good one for him. You know, a lot of people were tipping Williams. Me as well. It, it was more one of them where it was like he was getting written off by so many people, particularly in America, because no one had heard of him. And then the fact was it was a closer fight than people thought, but still, style-wise, it wasn't great for Williams. It never would be. To be fair, it's not, it's not great for many people. I, I, Barry, I, Barry's I, mentioned two, two middleweights there, Jamal Charlo and Golovkin, who... They're the sort of guys who would, might be, who might be able to pin him down and land a couple because I do worry about his punch resistance at middleweight. And I do, like he really rocked him. Williams really bent his knees at one point, and he he had to take a round off. I think if he another couple of them, Williams could have got him out of there. And someone like Charlo, I think I think Charlo stops him at middleweight. I I got to say that's that's what I reckon. But yeah, in answer to your question, star wise, it was never good for Williams. But I think he's done a lot, and he's. He adds, I mean, you just had to look at what Andre said to him at the end. You know, he's clearly so, so much respect for him. He didn't, he didn't rate him at all. After doing 12 rounds with him, he thinks he's a different fighter. And I hope that's what Americans will think now. I think that, I think that for, 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 for Williams, for Williams I, I didn't think he had much of a chance, chance except, uh, except uh, no, no. you could underrate his, his commitment. To, now, you know that he would, that he would keep plugging away and he wouldn't give in, he wouldn't quit him. And and I think that that's an underrated ability that you can't really measure because you can be like that in one fight and then not in another fight when the guy can hurt you. But it was a nightmare start and it looked like an early finish. And I, I was working for the radio and I did say that Williams is lucky that Andre is the worst finisher at world yeah. level. As much as he can hurt you and as brilliant and tactically good and acute he can be at times, He's just when he got you hurt, he just swings like a lunatic and he misses more. No, for being such an accurate fighter throughout the contest, when he hurts you, all that goes out the window. He he, he just he gets everything wrong, and that's why well, you know we already said about fighting the other two, the other couple of champions at that weight, with Charlo and Golovkin, he would get in trouble. 
if, yeah. if, if he felt that he was that he hadn't hurt. I I just think that you know it was a fight that should have sold um, Andres to the to the American public. There, he had an opportunity against a guy stylistically. He was always going to come at him in not sort of straight. Like he was he boxing straighter lines than I thought Williams to be fair. And I think that was because of the. You know, I think he just the occasion got to him in the first round. He looked a bit, a little bit shell shocked and came walk forward and took took too many punches, and then he relaxed when he did get hurt. He sort of relaxed as the as the as the fight went on, bless him. But it was a fight to sell on base stylistically, and he half did it and half left you with that frustration that why did you let the guy back into the fight? Because that's what he did. Williams was plugging away, but still. It was Andre who was dictating stuff, and he and he allowed Williams back into the fighting pocket. So that's that. You know, he's winning rounds. They were just enough. Again, just enough, and that's a real. I worry about at this age. Is because I think it's weight, but it might just be a habit. Because bad habits sneak in and they're stuck with you forever. That might be a bad habit. But again, though. <laughs> And this is why he, he had real like this this week building up to the fight, he had a real bee in his bonnet, and he was a little bit like rude to people, to be honest, because he's winning, he's successful, but he's still constantly being criticized. So, you know, it's one of those things that do we just accept him for what he what he is, or do we do we keep critiquing him until he hopefully smartens up and shows to you know to sell himself to one that money to be in the question of of the Golovkins and the Charlos and moving up to maybe to the Saunders or, or of course, you know, the, the biggest one would be Canelo. He has to sell himself because he's just a guy now who's going to be awkward, but it brings nothing to the table, but a belt, which in this era now is not that important as it used to be. So, yeah, I think that was a great opportunity to him that he sort of half less slipped through his fingers. Um, last yeah. night. You make a good point about that because he's sort of labelled as the boogeyman and Eddie Hearn said in his interview, you know, like, no one wants to fight him. And it's not, nobody's scared of him. It's, you hit the nail on the head. It's because you know, it's, you're ne no one's going to look good against him. If he chooses to take rounds off and go for a walk, it's so hard to pin down. So you're like, well, why do I want to fight him? It's not like he's a big draw either. It's not, nobody thinks, oh no, I'm, I'm, he's so dangerous. This is not a fight I want. They're just like, I don't, why, why would I want to fight him? You're never going to look good and it's going to be an awkward night. And to be honest, it will probably go 12 rounds. Yeah, I think he had the opportunity to stop um, Williams. No, not, not just in the early rounds. I think you know, later on as well. You know, it's it's just you can't put. That, you you always think that's weight straight away because when you can't put your foot on the pedal on the gas, it's a lack of confidence in your fitness. Usually, especially when you're, you know he throws punches for so far out, he's almost always safe when he, when he lets his hands go. So why can't he finish? And it is because why does he take rounds off and walk away? And, and I understand, you know, you got that ethos as, as a good, a world class amateur as pick up the points, don't get hit, pick up the points, don't get hit. But he's been a pro for a long time now. And I just think it is a case of he lacks that confidence in his raw, in his raw fitness to dig in there and let your hands go and not worry about gassing out. And that, that usually equates to, you know, worry about your weight and, and stuff like that. You know, you don't have the, don't have the, the energy in the tank, you haven't filled the gas tank up because of that. You're making the last week or two weeks of the of the, of the training camp is more about making the weight because he's huge. I remember I saw him at Golovkin Canelo the second fight. He was working for radio, BBC Radio, I think, and I couldn't believe the size on his shoulders. Like if you would have told me he was a light heavyweight, I would have gone, "Oh, he's big," and he'd only just moved up the middleweight, so it was like. He's he's an absolute giant for the weight, and because he, he has the shoulders, he has the, the girth to, to go up. So I think he moves to super middleweight. I know it's a tough division, 
then that's that's better for him. But for Williams, I think for, for, for me, for Liam Williams, you got no, he can be proud of his effort. And he'd be disappointed with his tactics, I think. That he didn't start up, that maybe he didn't warm up fast enough, didn't get in there quick enough. But it's easy to say you've got to quicken your feet and you've got to get close. And that's what we all said he had to do. And that was quite obvious. And we thought Williams could do it because he starts fast. He can be aggressive. He's been cute. But I think the, the glaring obvious thing for me there was he bypassed European level. I think that's the biggest thing. And I think all fighters are doing it now. We had it, we had it with, with Anthony Yard and many other fighters. who You go from British level or, or around that sort of level to straight away to world level. And the, and there's a there's sometimes that can happen in certain weights, but other times when you get good fighters around, not having the experience at that at that medium sort of level, just below world level, can cost you. And I think that's what it is. Even though he boxed Liam Smith, who'd been a world champion, they were still losers, losing losing fights for him. So just to win at that level, especially at that weight, and get that confidence and and you no know, no some things won't. Work, see, that's why that's what I'm trying to say. Is the surpassing through people in, in his recent fights, Liam Williams, he might not have done that at the European level, so he'd have to adjust and adapt and learn. You learn more from a fight than you do from the training camp. So, I think because he bypassed that, that, that sort of told. I'm not saying he would have won the fight if he would have had that, but he would have been more prepared. And I think it shows how important and, and the worth of, of, of that European title or, or boxing at that sort of stature before you move on to the you know to the biggest level. But that is all just down to, as always, the proliferation of world title belts, isn't there? Because there's always... Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, it does. And also the the big the big brother society, I call it now, there were the, the need to go from A to... The end of the road, straight away. You know, you wear word now. In, en- in everything in life, you don't have an apprenticeship now. You go from, I, 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 I leave school today and I want to be a CEO tomorrow. And it happens that some people have that with YouTubes and all the rest of the things that go on in, in, in the digital era, but some professions can't do that. Some fighters, will, especially boxing, some fighters have a natural talent to go on. But then they see YouTube and the fights and stuff, but they're not boxing the people that you're fighting. It's a different sport almost. And you can't, that's not a sport, that's entertainment. You can't look at it that way. And it's the eagerness to want to get there quick. I think the whole that you've grown up with Big Brother and an X Factor and all those things where you bypass you know, doing doing the rounds and you just see that you turn up and and you know make a make a big song and dance and a shout and get a load of notoriety to your name and you bypass all all the levels to get there. But in boxing and in, in a sport where you can get hurt, that can be dangerous and that yeah. And but listen, Williams can come back. He's, he's still young enough. You know, it was a hard fight for him, but he's still not shot one. And I think, you know, he has a lot to work on. I don't think he boxed his very best to start with. But once once you've been hurt in two rounds and, and you're four points behind after three, it's a ma- I've been there, of course, more than that, actually. I was playing catch-up and against someone like Andre. No, you have to be. And he couldn't quite do that. I thought I didn't think if if anyone was going to mention YouTube boxing, I did not think it would be Mr. Barry Jones. <laughs> but I know what you're saying, and you are you are completely right. Declan, you were uh, I think straight on Twitter with, with your matchmaking thoughts for Liam Williams. The Chris Eubank Junior fight, of course, has been floated, uh, not certainly not by Chris Eubank Junior. But yeah. before this fight, but you feel uh, presumably that that is 
in an ideal world, the perfect next step. I love that fight for both of them, but you're right. And it's totally part, like a, a nice little segue from what Barry was saying, because why would you bank want to fight Liam Williams right now? Like, it's, it's not, he'd rather fight Kel Brook, a welterweight, who's, you know, got knocked out by, in a welterweight fight in his last fight, because it's going to make more money and probably sell more, sell more on pay-per-view. Uh, it's just it's just the way it works. I love the fight. I think it's perfect for both of them. And it's one of those where it's one of those proving steps for both of them because they're, the jury's out on both of them, whether they're world level, particularly at middleweight. Um, because you look at the champions and you think, how can you bank after what he's done since beating De Gale, which is two rounds against Matt Vade Korobov, or not even two rounds, one round and 20 seconds or whatever. How can he expect to then come back? He's obviously fighting Marcus Morrison. And then... They're talking, then he wants Golovkin at the end of the year, and you're thinking, hold on a sec. Like, I know he's a big name and stuff, but how could that possibly prepare you for a Golovkin fight, even if he has another one before that, which wouldn't be a, a big test because then they'd look for Golovkin. So it's exactly what Barry's saying there. It's that fast track. But those are the fights, to be honest. You, they're the fights that people remember that add to your legacy. And if you come through them, you grow from them and learn from them. So then when you do have the world champ, world title fight against someone like Golovkin, even if he's aging, you have a chance. Um I think it's perfect. I mean, I always love, everyone loves a bit of a domestic fight like that. Um, you Both of them would look at it and say, well, especially Eubank, he's training in America, you know, he's like, well, what, what's that going to do for me? Which is a shame because, you know, it's cynical, but, but most boxing fans know this now. The other fight I really like for Williams is Jaime Munguia, which I think would be another war. But, I mean, I'm just talking him into absolute wars here, but, but you know, <laughs> that's what we want to see. But either of those, I mean, the Eubank fight's class, but We've known that for a long time. It, it, no, please. Sir. No, no, I was just going to say that, I mean, uh, how long have we have we spent watching Eubank, listening uh, more often than not to Eubank, and, and really the, the end product, not not in terms of necessarily performances, but just in, in pure activity. I mean, maybe this will be different. Maybe this time you'll come back and you'll fight two or three times this year, but... It, <laughs> It I just do seems think, strange. I know, I know, I do think with Eubank, it's a different, a bit of a new dawn. I, I interviewed him last week and he's obviously now training with Roy Jones. So he has a trainer and a trainer that he not only respects, but idolizes. He's over in America. He's doing proper camps. He's not just in his lovely house in Brighton, driving his Lamborghini down to the seafront, doing some rounds with no trainer or just a pad man or whatever. And then, you know, he's obviously very wealthy. So he doesn't, he doesn't need to fight. So that activity is not there. But I do, I mean, this might come back to me, but I do think he's turned a corner. And what we're going to get from Eubank now, I know we're talking about Andre Williams, but what we're going to see from Eubank now is a bit more of a campaign. Um, I think Williams would fit beautifully into that, but I wouldn't hope. I wouldn't, you know, hold up too much hope. I don't. I, I don't see that fight happening. I, no. To be fair, just for everything, every every reason that you mentioned there, Declan, I really, I really don't believe that. Super, like he is, a, he can just do that. Who's Williams? That's pretty much like, like a little bit like Andre was doing. Who's Williams? And we were hoping that was going to be he didn't prepare for the fight and, and he was going to get a shock, but it didn't turn out that way. But yeah, Eubank's a funny thing because I, I, I cover most of his, his his early career and and it was just crazy how you'd see him blast through people. And he and when he lets his hands go, the speed, the accuracy, you know, the, the ferociousness in, in, in his combinations was whoa. He didn't really have the natural raw power of his dad, but you'd go, wow. But then when he stepped into world level, all of a sudden they were he weren't he wasn't a puncher. It was 
he looks everything a puncher unless his hands go, but there must be something where he's rushing his work or they're too, they're too fast because he just doesn't make the same dent at the high, at the higher level than he was at the, at the much lower level. And, and, and a bit like Joe Calzaghe, it's totally different because Joe's levels above, but he was the same. He was blasting through people early in his career. I know he hurt his hand, but I just think they were getting flustered. You know, the shots were hurting. They were getting flustered and just going, I can't take this and going down. I think that was happening with Eubank. And at the, at the higher level, people stand up and go, no, I, I'm throwing back. And, and I, yeah, so I don't think he's as powerful as he looks, but he's an athlete. He's a massive, he got loads of work. You'd like to train Eubank Jr. if he was committed. Because he's an he's athletic, he's been in the game long enough now without taking any real damage. So he's a good, he's a good, he's a good fighter to work with. I'm not sure whether Roy Jones is as great as he was. I don't know what he's like as a trainer, but the right fit stylistically. Because again, you've got an athletic fight machine that would be good, but Eubank likes to throw millions of punches. And even though Roy Jones can let his hands go, most of his most of his ability and and genius came from disguise. The movement, and he'd jump, and he'd be lightning fast off the mark. But a lot of his shots would be jumping in from too far out. He, that's where he get you. He never thought he'd know he'd be, he'd be three meters away, Roy Jones Jr. And all of a sudden, he caught you with a left hook. You know, he was just one of the most athletic fighters, if the most athletic fighter there's ever been, to be honest, Roy Jones Jr. But he's not a guy you you would synonymize with work rate either. And I think Eubank needs that. I think he needs. A, he needs. I think he needs where he needs to be a bit more sat down on his punches, you know, a little bit steadier, and reduce the the work output for for heavier shots when he's letting his hands go. But always be busy. He takes too many rests. His dad did take a lot of rests because his dad didn't have the engine, but his dad had that natural raw power which you just can't teach. So, but they're, they're different. They're different. He's more athletic than his dad, but doesn't have that same in, in the same milk as, as as the raw power. But with his name, he's always going to get a big fight, and 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 even even worldwide, I think Eubank name sort of travels over the pond. So he's it's the same as the Ben name. So he's always going to get a big fight. But the Williams fight for Williams, unfortunately, is not a fight that would even register financially. I don't think it, it would sell well if it you know, if it would end up being on a pay per view platform somewhere. It wouldn't. It's a good fight for us in in the trade. An interesting fight, as Declan said. Where does it go? You know, it's interesting to see which how you. It's a proper benchmark for where they are right now. The pair of them, but. If it don't make money, it don't make sense. Somebody said, I don't know who that was. It, maybe it was me. <laughs> Chris Eubank Jr., of course, for reasons known only to the WBA, is their interim middleweight world champion. <laughs> Ryoto Murata is their actual world champion. I know there have been some uh, reports that he and Gennady Golovkin uh, are planning something towards the end of the year. In terms of Demetrius Andre, I mean, this was sort of the discussion before the, the Williams fight. Eddie Hearn, for a fighter who is his, if you like, he, he was fairly, if not critical, certainly definitive about what he was saying and who he needs to fight next. But his options are, are incredibly limited in terms of unification fights, if you like. Jamar Shallow uh, is booked up. Talked about Golovkin if he wants to move up. Canelo, El Canelo Alvarez is pretty much booked up for most of the year, assuming he keeps winning. So if we're saying that Demetrius Andre is struggling to, I don't know, break out, sell himself, it kind of feels like in 12 months' time we could be sitting here saying exactly the same thing. Completely. I do think as well, DAZN are not 
in the business of hanging about and waiting and letting fighters do that at all. Look what happened with Danny Jacobs, got to the end of his contract, see you later. Like, if you look at Andrade and Eddie Hearn's interview yesterday, he's literally touting him to go and box on Fox. They don't even care. He's like, if you want, if, if you'll have the fight, we don't even mind. He can leave the platform and fight. I think they're getting to the end of their tether a bit with him. And it's not his fault. I mean, like, vaguely his fault because he's not in exciting fights necessarily. But I think that he's up against it with because someone like Charlo, well, look who Charlo's fighting instead. Like, he could quite easily have boxed uh, Andrade instead. It's not... It's not a, an issue of contracts and and broadcasts and stuff. It's just you can't get the fights. And you're right. Look, you just listed all of them now. They're all busy. So I don't know what he does. I Like Barry said, I think he has to move up because he ain't getting the Charlo fight. And Golovkin seems to be busy. He has to move up and just try and do something up there. And But I just think the zone are not... They're not happy to sort of cultivate people anymore. Particularly someone like Andre, who's, who's already established world champion undefeated it's like well if he's still not doing numbers then we can't hang around and wait for him to do that yeah i think the move up you know i think the perfect solution for them they they they, they, they chuck him on fox he gets more ex- exposure yeah. in the u.s market you know at super middleweight gets gets caleb plant you know a fight you could lose but a fight you could certainly win as well and then he goes back home to the zone with that belt and 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 then eddie can make the 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 undisputed super middleweight champion, whether it be Billy Joe Sons or, or you would suspect Alvarez, you know, Canelo, that would be you know, the perfect selling point for him. Then I think that's for me, I think that would that would be a no a no brainer. And you oh, know, that, I think that plant fight that could be a stinker though, mate. Let's just think on another channel. Yes, yeah, true. You know, that for, no, if you're talking for, you for that, he, he's you know, he's not daft and he sort of he's he's sown the seed there, hasn't he? Yeah. You, you can go somewhere else, you know, and and then and then and, you know in the back channels, then he's moving up, and he, he wants to fight Plant, and you know it's easy to get from non-existent in someone's ratings in, to number three. It's quite easy to get there. I know the IBF are more difficult than most organisations, but it can be done. It can be take you. You can reappear in top ten in, in someone's ratings by just a phone call nowadays. So mm-hmm. I think you know you can get there, and, and they can sort of make that fight possibly on another channel. I, I mean, that was, that was unbelievably telling, wasn't it? When was the last time you saw a promoter on TV say that his boxer could happily go to another channel? It doesn't happen often. And I think no, that well, absolutely sums up the situation. Well, there's two reasons for that. You want to get rid of him? Yeah. Or you, or you, don't, care if you, get, you don't care if you get rid of him because you're trying to build a bigger fight. So he's trying to build Plant as well, by the way. So Plant, even though the fight would be a stinker, selling that on the zone, you don't show that fight. You just say... Plants beat this guy, this guy. He just beat a two-weight world champion in Andre, who, who was undefeated. You sell the, the the win rather than the actual performance but without showing any of the fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and if anyone could sell, Eddie Hearn's probably the best in the world right now of, of, of selling absolutely anything. So, you know, I think he, he could do that. But he didn't. You know, but what he doesn't want is actually someone to so, yeah, but we've seen the fight there, Mr. Hearn. You know, his own subscribers, but we watched the fight and it was absolutely awful. <laughs> You know, and it might not be awful, but yeah, you tend, you know, it has the potential to be an absolute stinker. And then, you know, because either way, you want to build a profile for Alvarez, but ultimately, Alvarez, fight, whoever Alvarez fights, is a big fight, isn't it? But you know, you need, you know, you need that, you know, to get, a, to get an undisputed world champion or Billy Joe Sons, of course, which would be potentially an even you know, <laughs> smellier, smellier fight than the plant fight. That's, that's the worry about that. that. That could really be a stinker, but yeah, but the Alvarez fight, do you think he's the favorite for the? 
Philip Pelizio Saunders fight. If he wins, then no, they want plant. But financially as well, it's an easier fight. No, it's an easier sell as well for, for Eddie Hearn if, if Andre could box plant. But that's an easy, that's a cheaper fight for everyone. But then he has Andre, and he doesn't have to give Plant an absolute fortune to, to swap over to a or Plant and PBC an absolute fortune to to get their fight the box on on their platform. Mm. I'm, I'm glad I'm luckily we're matchmakers and promoters now, so we can just give our opinion. But it's the same. Been... But what you said there was Char- it's the same with Charlo, isn't it? The PBC are never going to let Charlo go on the zone, so it's exactly the same problem, and it's it's just what we what you got to put up with. But if you think about him, Eddie Hearn doing right for his fighter. You just talked him into the Canelo fight, the biggest fight in the world, which has obviously got to be the route. And that would be the route. Plant, win the belt. Uh, yeah. Canelo wants to become undisputed. There you go. And obviously, you know, his, his main focus is selling Canelo. Yes. Yeah. He wants to keep Canelo. And though, he, he, he said about Canelo going on another platform yeah. as well. That's because Canelo's not really his fighter. But, you know, he's working with him, but he wants to keep that relationship. So if you got to, you got to produce for him now, then it's, it's the the promoter works for you theoretically, but it never feels that way because you're always begging the promoter for work. But not in this scenario. When the people like Alvarez, there's a few fighters who get so big, Joshua, Fury, the, the promoter works for them. So they have to deliver for them. Where they're always going, I deliver for my fighter. You're always thankful you're getting work and you're getting a title shot and you're, you're thanking your promoter. Thank you, thank you. But Alvarez don't thank his promoter. No, Joshua don't thank his program, not anymore, because you're doing your job, mate. I'm paying you. That's that was, so it is. So there's a different level now. So he has to you know, he's a you know, he, he he's a, he's an employee of Alvarez for for a while, so he has to produce for him. And that the unification is what he wants. He wants to be an undisputed champion and making the plant fight would be more difficult. And so yeah. So chucking Andre over there, plant would fancy it, I'm pretty sure he would. And it boosts, and but also if he does win, Plant wins. It bolsters his claim because he just beat the guy who who, who was no who, who was undefeated. It was a two eight world champion. Again, close your eyes to the fight because it might be a stinker. But on 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 record, as the time goes by, that fight becomes a bet. That's a it's a great win, even if it's not a great fight. Mm. So yeah, it it, it just it, it enhances his reputation. So it seems to me as if we've uh, we have two perfect fights. So okay. the two men who fought on Saturday night, and perhaps the chances of seeing either of them this year hmm. are slim to none. Yeah, <laughs> but we can hope. But that is that also that basically sums up one of the many issues with boxing. But we can live and we can hope. I would have to say, sorry, man, uh, before, we go, before we go, like that, Liam Williams. No, he lost the fight convincingly, but as a Welshman, I was proud of him because all you are, all you can ask for a fighter is. Do your best. He didn't box his best, but just do your best. Try your hardest, and he tried his best. It wasn't good enough, and he wasn't at his best, but he tried his hardest last night, Saturday night, and 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 he did, and he didn't quit when he when it was loads. There was times there that he that he could have quit, and you and the bag argued about it, and he kept trying his best to plug away. And when you look back, you go, well, listen, you had a proper goal, mate, and you you, you got to you'd be proud. And, and obviously, no Welshman, I want him to be a. Wales is 13th world champion. I would have been proud of that. So, yeah, so I, I can't fault him for his effort. I really can't. And, and I, have to, I just wanted to relay that. Well, of course. Would you, I, I don't know who he would have to fight, but is he somebody who, given the right fight at a world for a world title, you think can can get there? I don't know. I, I, you tend to think he's, 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 he can be a trouble for anybody. 
But I just think, I just got a horrible feeling that he's just going to be one of those fighters who doesn't quite get over the line. I, I think as, as good as Andre is, you know, Morata would have been the, the weakest link out of the champions, maybe. You know, but it's Andre next, to be honest. You know, right now, Charlo and Golovkin, you know, they're, they're, they're different level uh, for me, I think. So he has no chance with them. Andre, the other chance, because you know, he could be hurt and and, he's, and he takes time. He takes no. He takes. He disappears in in big chunks of the fight. That would have been Williams's opportunity to to get on him and be the busier, and he couldn't do it. So, I think, I think last night was his chance. He might get another opportunity, but yeah. But I, but I wouldn't focus on that. He just take take stock of it, drop down a level again, and re, like you did with Liam Smith, and rebuild, but rebuild the right way now. Get that proper intermediate fight before you go back up. The problem is, once you box for a world title, you'll never see yourself anywhere near the, below that again. Even if you've lost, to go step back down to domestic level is almost like I'm not doing that. And and so, yeah, so we'll see where he goes. And But this, but his effort was commendable. He had a real pop. He had a go, just wasn't good enough. And you you you, you can live with that. If you if you, you put everything into the fight and you tried your best, that's all someone can ask of you. And, and so for that alone, like I was, I was a, a proud Welshman. I was going to say that I felt bad. I robbed you of your of your patriotic ending, but you've managed to, <laughs> managed to end. I do think, though, there was a lot of people, there was a lot of people in Britain who were saying, don't write him off in this fight. This is not a foregone conclusion. This is not a one-sided beatdown. And I think he, li- he lived up to that and he totally proved everyone right who said, this is not an easy fight for Andrade. Um, yeah, I just think he's come again. He, like you say, he's not that old. He's he still fights for him out there. That's what he loves doing. And I can't wait to see him back. And on that note, I'm sure you all can't wait to see us back. Anyway, we're taking a week off next week and we will be back the following weekend for a recap and review of Derek Chisora against Joseph Parker. A fight much like Williams and Andre quite a while in the making. Hopefully one that will spark into life. But no spoilers here. It may well not. Thank you for joining us this week. Please do join us again in two weeks' time. 